Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Glasgow Times Sports Podcast, normally recorded in our studio at the Bishop Briggs Media Centre, currently recorded from our volunteers' homes. To keep in touch with us, use our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, which are all at Q&Review. That's C-U-E-A-N-D-R-E-V-I-E-W. Or get in touch via information at qandreview.com. That's information at c-u-e-a-n-d-r-e-v-i-e-w.com. Please like and share our podcast and give us any constructive feedback. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 13th of September 2022, from the sports section, Celtic icon Tom Boyd on the Wim Jansen trait that has enabled Antipostolikoglu to emulate the Dutchman's success, by Matthew Lindsay. Tom Boyd believes that Ange Postelikoglu has transformed Celtic's fortunes just like his former manager Wim Janssen did, thanks to displaying the same single-mindedness as the celebrated Dutchman. But Boyd, who was captain at Parkhead in 1998 when Janssen's side won the Scottish title and stopped Rangers from completing 10 in a row, has confessed that he is doubtful he would get a start in the Greek-Australian coach's ultra-offensive side. The Scotland left-back had lifted just one trophy, the 1995 Scottish Cup, in five and a half years in the east end of Glasgow, when ex-Netherlands internationalist Janssen took over. The former European Cup winner and World Cup finalist signed Craig Burley, Jonathan Gould, Darren Jackson, Stefan Mahe, Henrik Larsson, Paul McLambert and Mark Rapier, got his new outside playing attractive football and won the League Cup and Premier League double. His old skipper, who attended the launch of Mastermind, the new biography of Jansen at Celtic Park on Sunday, can recall how the former Fiener and Ajax defender come midfielder could be stubborn about tactics. He was impressed that Postle Cogus stuck to his attacking principles during the first few months of his debut season, when performances and results fell some way short of what supporters demanded and can see similarities between the Greek Australian and his predecessor. Remember when Vim came here, he said. He was like that in terms of having his style of play and imposing the Dutch style. And just a slight variation of that with the high pressing, but Vim stood, stood by his beliefs and ultimately that worked out for us. A manager has to do that and this is what Ange is doing. The impact Ange has had in the addition of good players Coming in is hopefully a recipe for success, and that has been the case so far. It has been great to watch. If this is it at its peak, then I tell you what what I think every Celtic supporter will be happy. I wouldn't have got a game in this team. Honestly, running up and down. When I played at fullback, I got smarter as I got older, and I developed that attacking sense. But I don't think my goal-scoring record was anything to be proud of. I would just set them up for others. Boyd was impressed with Celtic's performance in the Champions League opener against Real Madrid, despite the final scoreline. The holders ran out comfortable 3-0 winners, and is hoping to continue to play Angeball against Shakhtar Donetsk and Warsaw in their second Group F match tomorrow evening. I think it's about being brave enough to go and do that, he said. We have tried it so many times by going and just sitting in and defending, and that has not worked. So why not go and have a go? Goals changed games. Had we scored against Real Madrid, it might have given us something, a wee cushion, and we might have gone on to get another outstanding victory. But it didn't happen. 
but going to these sort of places, it is worth having a go and testing these other teams. I would rather see the team have a go than sitting and defending and getting beat. That has been the case for us at some times. What we want to do is get back on to getting performances and getting the crowd behind us. We have lost our way a wee bit in terms of some of the results we had at Parkhead when it was a fortress many, many years ago. I'm sure that's what we want to try and get back to. We've got a couple of difficult away games coming up. We'll see what it is like when Donetsk and Leipzig come back here again. We will hope for the same intensity from the fans and the players. I would hope for different outcomes and results. It is for Ange to decide, but I don't imagine he will change his philosophy in the terms of the way he wants to play. I wouldn't imagine those clubs would be good, as good defensively as Real Madrid. We will wait and see how that develops. But there could be a chance to progress in Europe. It is still difficult. We now have two away games and that is a hard start to the campaign. We have played the European champions first and then we have two away games. It is a very difficult start. And that article was by Matthew Lindsay. Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 13th of September 2022. Sport. James Tavernier trains for Rangers ahead of Napoli test, but John McLaughlin absent from preparations. By Aidan Smith. James Tavernier has trained ahead of Rangers Champions League clash against Napoli Tybrox. The defender limped off at half-time last week against Ajax and, after the match, Giovanni van Bronckhurst revealed that he had been struggling with a knock. The light blues boss said at full-time, Taff had already, already got a knock a couple of weeks ago and he's struggling a little bit. Also with his fitness, it was good to change him because we could put Leon in as he was struggling a bit in the first half. Sky Sports News report that goalkeeper John McLaughlin was absent from training, meaning Alan McGregor could be set to start. McLaughlin has come in for criticism following Rangers 4-0 defeats to Celtic and Ajax. Speaking recently about his goalkeeper, Van Bronckhurst said, I've spoken with John and I've spoken with the team about how we played, the way we conceded goals and what we needed to improve, what went wrong. It's a normal process. You cannot change every time you have a defeat. You cannot change everything because you have to stick to your beliefs and your way of playing. If there is a defeat, the first thing you do as a manager is to reflect on your own decisions. That's where it starts and that's what I want my players to do as well. Many things went wrong, so I could change everything from Saturday and play with a different team tomorrow. Different tactics. But I think you have to keep a hold of your way of playing. You keep trusting your players and give them confidence because in the past we have bounced back from heavy defeats and that's what we have to do tomorrow as well. And that article is by Aidan Smith. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday 13 September 2022, from the sports section, Chris Boyd issues Rangers insider verdict, claiming Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has no say at Ibrox. By Eden Smith, Chris Boyd has claimed that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has very little say in decision making at Ibrox in his role as, as manager. The Ibrox hero believes the Dutchman is no more than a head coach to lead the team with the light blues hierarchy making calls on tasks such as transfer business. Boyd admires Van Bronckhurst for his coaching ability, but he can see the pressure beginning to build following two heavy defeats to Celtic and Ajax. Writing in the Sun, he said, When things aren't going well for any manager, they have to think long and hard about what team to pick. But it's just as important they choose their words carefully. 
Giovanni Van Bronckhurst has to get things right on the park after back-to-back thrashings to Celtic and Ajax. But off the pitch he's facing a political game which must see him watch his step whenever he opens his mouth. Put it this way, if Rangers can sack the late, great Walter Smith, they can sack anybody. Going by the way he's tiptoeing through his press conferences these days, I'd say Gio feels under pressure. I'd just love to know what he really thinks of everything that's been going on when he sits down with the media today, because I don't think he's been truly speaking his mind. If you ask me, there's definitely an argument to say he's Rangers manager only in name. That, really, his title should be head coach. For one thing, he must be the only Dutch boss who doesn't have any players from the Netherlands in his side. It really does seem that he's there to train the squad, pick the players and make sure they're organised whenever they step on the pitch. And that's failing at this moment in time. The decision making beyond that is down to someone else entirely. Ross Wilson is sporting director and responsible for the strategy when it comes to ins and outs. That's why I'm learning a lot of credit for the job he did initially, when the rebuilding work at the club first started. But it works both ways. If you're going to stand front and centre in photographs when the team is winning trophies, or qualifying for the Champions League, you have to be visible when things aren't going so well. That's when you need to front up. But is Wilson responsible for the finances at the club? Is he the reason Rangers didn't sign anyone in the final hours of the transfer window? If he is, then he's got to come out and explain why. If he's not, then he's got to say who did make those decisions. And that article was by Aidan Smith. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 13th of September 2022, from the sports section, Lorenzo Amoruso delivers superior Napoli verdict as he makes Rangers Champions League prediction. By Mark Walker, former Rangers captain Lorenzo Amoruso reckons Napoli are superior to his old side, but reckons they could come unstuck if they start believing their own hype. Rangers face the Serie A club in the rearranged Champions League group stage match tomorrow at Ibrox. The Italian former skipper of Rangers believes his countrymen should prove to be too strong for his old side, but only if they don't crumble and govern. Amoruso said, Rangers will fight to the end and Napoli will be entering with a very warm atmosphere, but Napoli are superior. Napoli's main danger could be themselves. They must understand they cannot even think of underestimating their opponent in the slightest. I think Napoli are improving and with Luciano Spalletti teams, you find the second seasons are always the best. The fear is they start thinking they are unbeatable and a great team because of what they did to Liverpool. A victory here would give Napoli a very big chance of qualifying. Although they will face 50,000 fans, Napoli are hardly new to this situation. I don't know why there are no away fans, because I can guarantee you there will be no risk to the Napoli fans. I have played for Rangers in Europe and in the league, and I can tell you the Scots are very sporting people. Meanwhile, Amaris's countryman and former Rangers teammate, Marco Negri, has warned Napoli they will be up to against 12 men tonight. He said... Ibrox is quite an experience. It's the twelfth man for Rangers, really. Last season, when they reached the Europa League final, they were carried through by their supporters at Ibrox. The first minutes of the game will be vital, because Rangers are not in a positive frame of mind after two heavy defeats, and their fans will want them to put that right and attack. Also, the game has changed in Scotland a lot. When I played, the central defenders were like blacksmiths. Now, because Rangers have played so many games in Europe, and have European coaches, they now mix intensity with technique. I would say Rangers are a totally different team at home 
then whether when they're away in Europe. And that article is by Mark Walker. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 13th of September 2022, in the sports section, Nicola Katic reveals tearful Rangers exit as he details Jevon and Van Broekhurst's decision by David Irvin. Nicola Katic has revealed his Rangers exit reduced him to tears as he insisted he'll always have a connection with the Ibrox club. The defender left Rangers for FC Zurich this summer and admitted he cried the day he left as he was left countless calls and messages. Fan favourite Katic endured a turbulent time in Glasgow, having been a regular under Stephen Gerrard before a horror acoustic knee damage injury. The centre-back, 25, was loaned out to Hadjik split last season and returned to Rangers pre-season before moving to Switzerland for an undisclosed fee. Discussing his tearful Ibrox exit, Katic told The Athletic, I never cry, but that day when people started calling and messaging me, I couldn't stop. I flew back to Edinburgh and people saw me. They were saying I was a hero and that I shouldn't leave. It was really difficult to leave as the support was amazing over the four years. Even when I was on loan, they wanted signed Hadrick shirts. It was a really big thing for me to be loved by the fans like that. I will always have a connection to Rangers. And Katic jokes, I said to Ross Wilson on my last day that I'll see him in two years when he buys me back. Croatian defender Katic had hoped to spark his Rangers revival in pre-season, but was left disappointed as he only played three 45-minute spells under Van Bronckhurst. Katic was pleased with his performances, but was left confused as he missed out against Tottenham and West Ham. The scenario prompted the defender to meet with Van Bronckhurst over his position at the club, but he didn't get the answer he was hoping for, with the manager favouring a different type of defender. Katic explained, They said we were to come back at maybe 80% of our fitness, but I was obsessed with my body fat as I wanted to come back 100%. Day one was about me trying to prove myself to Van Bronckhurst. It's nothing bad, but I felt I didn't get the chances as we didn't communicate. I asked his coaches whether they could walk me through the request and, and what they expect from their defenders, but I didn't think they were that interested, and I never got that information. I played 3.45 minutes in pre-season, and I was happy with how I did. I made one bad pass against Sunderland, but it wasn't anything big. I expected to play against West Ham and Tottenham at Ibrox, and was hoping everyone would be looking at me again, but I was the only defender who didn't play. I was really disappointed, so I went to his office and asked him to tell me, just tell me what was going on, as I didn't think I deserved that after getting injured and trying to get back to help Rangers. If I played badly, then fair enough, but at least give me a chance. He said he liked a different type of defender. I'm not messy, but I see the defenders doing typical defender things, not anything special or making the last pass. If someone is Virgil van Dijk, then fair enough, but it is hard to watch the number of goals they are conceding right now, as I believe I could have helped, especially with the goals from set pieces. It's Scotland, so a lot of the away games are physical no matter what you do, and you need to have defenders, def- defenders to defend. And that article is by David Irvin. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 13th of September 2022, from the sports section... Rangers captain James Tavernier mocked by Ajax as club shared cheeky daily blind clip by Aidan Smith. James Tavernier has been mocked by the official Ajax media team following their victory over Rangers in the Champions League. 
The Dutch side ran out 4-0 winners in match day one of the group and Jairs were simply put to the sword. The club's TikTok account shared a clip from the clash as they showed off a cheeky backheel dummy from Daily Blind. The former Manchester United man goes to knock the ball behind him towards Tavernier before pulling the ball in the opposite direction at the last minute. Meanwhile, Rangers duo John McLaughlin and Ryan Jack have been called up to the Scotland squad for matches against Ukraine and Ireland. Andy Robertson has been ruled out of the latest squad due to a knee injury. Boss Steve Clark will be without his captain after the Liverpool defender was injured in the closing stages of last week's Champions League defeat at Napoli. Striker Ross Stewart and defenders John Souter and Liam Cooper also miss out through injury. There are recalls for Arsenal left-back Kieran Tierney and Newcastle winger Ryan Fraser. Scotland hosts Ukraine on September the 21st and face Ireland three days later before an away fixture with Ukraine on September 27. And that article is by Aidan Smith. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 13th of September 2022, from the sports section, Rangers legend pinpoint squad Disharmony as he insists club badly need performance. This article is written by David Irvin and read by me, Ian. Rangers legend Brian Loudrup has claimed there is a disharmony in the club's play at the moment. The Ibrox hero reckons it has been a shift from the unity that carried the club to an incredible Europa League final and demanded his former club find a groove again. Loudrup has admitted he's aware from his own time playing that one big performance can turn the tide again and he's desperate for a much improved performance against Napoli on Wednesday to banish the nightmare back-to-back 4-0 defeats against Celtic and Ajax. In his Daily Mail column, Loudrup wrote There was so much unity about Rangers towards the end of the season, within the squad and among the fans. Now it looks as though there is disharmony in the ways that the team plays. They have to find that harmony again as quickly as possible. I know from experience that it can change in one game. One big performance and result against a club like Napoli would distort belief to players and fans and make it a lot easier to move on from there and back into the Premiership. Loudrup also questioned Giovanni Van Bronckhurst Rangers Champions League comments ahead of the second match day. The former Ibox favourite was left puzzled by the manager's decision to make the claim that it would take hundreds of millions to compete in the Champions League. Citing the Europa League wins over Borussia Dortmund and RB Leipzig, Loudrup insists Rangers can compete and branded the comments not the wisest thing to say in public. He added, After the Ajax game, Van Bronckhorst spoke about needing hundreds of millions to compete in the Champions League. His comments have caused a lot of debate. I don't think they were the wisest thing to say in public. Last season, Van Bronckhorst's team took on Dortmund and Leipzig, two Champions League dropouts, and got the better of them. Okay, the standard of group A might now be even higher, but Rangers have previously shown they can compete against teams with considerably bigger budgets. No one expects them to win the Champions League, or be in contention for the latter stages. That's stating the obvious, but the least you expect is for them to put up a fight within games. Each time you have a defeat like the last two, it becomes harder and harder to climb the mountain again, but Rangers must hold themselves up. They badly need a performance offering signs of improvement and a stabilising result. Most fans would accept a draw tomorrow night as long as the performance was there. And that article is by David Irvin. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 13th of September 2022, Sport. 
Ryan Fraser, Scotland Recall, explained by Steve Clark, by David Irvin. Steve Clark has explained there was no real process ahead of recalling Ryan Fraser to the Scotland squad. The Newcastle winger was selected in the national team for the matches against Ukraine and Ireland in the Nations League. Fraser's return to the international fold comes after he withdrew from a Scotland camp last year with a calf injury before being pictured in light, in light Newcastle training. However, after discussions between Fraser and Scotland boss Clark last year, it was decided he would be selected if he's fit and performing for his club side. Now, Clark has recalled Fraser to the national side for the first time in almost a year. Quizzed on the decision to include Fraser, Clark responded, There's no real process with Ryan. I said in March, when he missed the two friendly matches, we had a chat. Ryan wasn't playing for Newcastle at the time. I said at the time, if he's fit and playing well for Newcastle, he's definitely one that we have to consider for selection. That's why he's in the squad this time, because he's fit and available and playing well for Newcastle. And that article is by David Irvin. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 13th of September 2022, from the sports section, Steve Clark names Scotland squad for Nations League matches as Andy Robertson misses out. By David Irvin. Steve Clark has named his Scotland squad for the upcoming Nations League matches against Ukraine and Ireland. The Hamden boss will be without captain Andy Robertson for the fixtures as a Liverpool man battles back to fitness at his club. Liverpool boss Jurgen Klopp yesterday revealed Lobon now is not 100%. He felt something very late, 93rd or whatever minute. Actually, he felt it the next day only. But yeah, I would say he's out for at least until after the international break. Scotland take on Ukraine both home and away, as well as Ireland in the upcoming international break. Ryan Fraser has been handed a recall to the Scotland squad after withdrawing from a national team camp last year. John McLaughlin and Ryan Porteous have both earned call-ups and Kieran Tierney and Kelly McLean come straight back after back in after overcoming injuries. The Scotland squad in full. Goalkeepers Craig Gordon, Liam Kelly, Joe McLaughlin. Defenders Grant Hanley, Jack Hendry, Aidan Hickey, Scott McKenna, Nathan Patterson, Ryan Porteous, Anthony Ralston, Greg Taylor, Kieran Tierney. Midfielders Stuart Armstrong, Billy Gilmore, Ryan Jack, John McGinn, Callum McGregor, Kenny McLean, Scott McTominay, David Turnbull. Forwards Lyndon Dykes, Shea Adams, Jacob Brown, Ryan Christie, Ryan Fraser. And that article was written by David Irvin. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 13th of September 2022, the sports section, Steve Clark pushes Scotland to get going again after stalling this summer by Ronnie Esplin. Steve Clark wants Scotland to start going through the gears again after stalling in the summer. The Scots were knocked out of their World Cup playoff semi-final by Ukraine at Hampden Park on June the 1st and then suffered a dispiriting 3-0 Nations League defeat by the Republic of Ireland, either side of expected wins over Armenia. Clark was speaking at the National Stadium as he announced his squad for the Nations League matches against Ukraine and the Republic of Ireland, 
where the biggest news was the return of Newcastle winger Ryan Fraser and the omission of skipper Andy Robertson through injury. Scotland play UK in home and away, either side of facing the Irish at Hampden Park on September the 24th and, with six points, one behind leaders Ukraine, the former commander boss wants to see form return in the final Three Nations League fixtures. Assessing his squad, Clark said, we're as well equipped as well as we have always have been. I have always said that this is a squad that's progressed well over my tenure. If I'm being honest about it, I felt that June was the first time we stopped. And now we have to pick up the mantle and start progressing through these three difficult matches. We are in a position where we have our destiny in our own hands, and that's all you can hope for. I'm looking forward to difficult matches, good opponents, and hopefully, like I said, I felt we stalled a little bit in the summer, and it would be nice to pick up the progress again. We have to do better than we did in the summer, and we have to pick up the points to top the group. We want to come out these matches first in the group, and we have everything in front of us. Fraser capped 22 times, controversially withdrew from the squad for the vital World Cup Group F qualifying doubleheader against Moldova and Denmark last November, but was subsequently pictured in his club's training ground. Clarkson Field remarked that Fraser had apologised for his actions, and the former Aberdeen and Bournemouth wide man is back in favour. Robertson misses out after the Liverpool defender was injured in the closing stages of last week's Champions League defeat at Napoli. On Fraser's return, Clark said, I said in March after he missed out on the two friendly matches against Poland and Austria that we had a chat. Ryan wasn't playing for Newcastle at the time and I said that if he is fit and well and playing for Newcastle, he is definitely one that we have to consider for selection. That is why he's in the squad at this time. He is fit and well and playing well for Newcastle. While Robertson drops out, Arsenal left-back Kieran Tierney returns from the knee injury which kept him out of the walk for summer fixtures. Clark said, It is always disappointing to lose key key players. Andy's obviously a key player, captain, a big character for us within the squad, but as you lose one top quality left back, you get one back with Kieran being available this time. I suppose that softens the blow, but you want all your good players fit and available. But one of the poorer sides of international football is that you know you will lose players to injury, you just have to deal with it. And that article is by Ronnie Esplin. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 13th of September 2022, from the sports section. UEFA revealed Rangers and Celtic Champions League commemorative plans to honour the Queen by David Irvin and Ewan Payton. UEFA have confirmed commemorative plans have been put in place to honour the Queen in this week's upcoming Champions League matches featuring UK sides. Both Celtic and Rangers are in Champions League action this week, with matches against Shakhtar Donetsk and Napoli respectively. Celtic travelled to Poland to play the Ukrainian side in the second match day of the competition, with Rangers at Ibrox as Napoli jetting to Scotland. And UEFA have now confirmed a set of commemorative plans are in place for UK clubs competing in Europe as a mark of respect to Queen Elizabeth after her passing last week. All matches featuring UK sides will begin with a moment of silence and players could also wear black armbands to commemorate the life of the Queen. There are further commemorative plans in place for UK teams playing at home in the Champions League this week. These changes will only impact Rangers and other UK clubs playing at home, 
with their match at Ibrox against Napoli. For the match there, there will be no Champions League centre circle, pitch backs, pitch banners or arch. The Champions League anthem will not be played before the match and no pre-match sponsor activations or player mascots will be present. These changes are in addition to the moment of silence and black armbands. UEFA confirmed, in commemoration of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, the following will take place for matches involving UK teams as a home team during the pre-match ceremony. No centre circle slash pitch banners or arch. No UEFA Champions League anthem. Moment of silence and black armbands. No pre-match sponsor activations or player mascots. Additionally, the following will take place for matches involving UK teams as a away team during the pre-match ceremony. Moment of silence and black armbands. And that piece was by David Irvin and Ewan Payton. From the Glasgow Times, Thursday the 15th of September 2022, in the sports section, Ange Postelicoglu continues tense and perturbator battle as Celtic boss asserts, Just don't correct me, by Aidan Smith. Ange Postelicoglu was delighted to pick up Celtic's first points in the Champions League last night as they drew 1-1 with Shakhtar Donetsk. The Hoopsplot Celtic's team did enough to take the win, but he praised his players and told them they would get the rewards if performances continue. Postelicoglu wasn't all smiles in his post-match press conference, however, as he continued a feisty relationship with an interpreter. In his pre-match press conference, the Aussie was asked to move closer to his mic by the interpreter, to which he responded, OK, no worries. And again in his post-match, the interpreter interrupted Postelicoglu mid-answer. He said, Excuse me, I do apologise. The sound volume is too low. I cannot hear. Could you please speak closer to the microphone? Thank you. Postelicoglu then responded, Could you just, instead of telling me what to do, just keep things really short so we can all get through and get out? Just don't correct me, please. Let's just keep things simple. So as I said, the performance, did you hear that okay? Reacting to the result, Postelicoglu added, The performance was excellent. Obviously the result was not reflective of that, but I thought the whole game the players gave everything, and that's all I can ask for. We needed that second goal, and we had good chances to get it. From my perspective, I can't ask for more from them. We will get our rewards if we keep playing that kind of football and showing that sort of commitment. And that article was by Aidan Smith. From the Glasgow Times, Thursday the 15th of September 2022, from the sports section, Celtic have arrived in Champions League, says Callum McGregor, despite ruining missed chances in Shakhtar draw. By Graham McGarry, Callum McGregor is pleased that Celtic have arrived in their Champions League group by getting their first point against Shakhtar Donetsk, but said this is a sign of how far Ange Postecoglou's team have come, that there is a tinge of disappointment they didn't get all three. Celtic dominated the game against the recurring champions in Warsaw and spurred numerous opportunities to win the game, particularly near the end as they piled the pressure in Shakhtar Donetsk. But while the Celtic captain was frustrated by that, he was also heartened by the way his team played on the night and says that the players will take further belief from their performance that they can qualify from Group F. We spoke about it as a group today, that we want to arrive and the only way to do that is to get points in the group. McGregor said. A 
point is a good result when you come out here away. Obviously the home fixtures will be important, but getting something on the board tonight was really vital too, and another stage for us to go a little bit more. That tonight will give us another bit to believe we can get something in the group. To come here and play so well here, the only 15 minutes spell before half time we had to dig in and be resilient and get through that period of in the game. But I thought second half we were really good and created 4 or 5 big chances. The next stage for the group is to put one of those away and win the game, but this gives us, us belief and hopefully that will be there for games to come. It shows you how well we played and the mentality of the group, that they do believe they can do something in the group. After the credit Celtic took for their performance against Real Madrid on match day one, McGregor said it was vital they returned home to Glasgow this week with more than just plaudits to show for their efforts. He says it is another sign of how far the Celtic team have come that they were able to come away from home and dominate so much of the game against a side like Shakhtar Donetsk and it, it won't be long before they take the next step and get the rewards he feel they deserve. It's just another little marker we can work towards and hopefully the next round of fixtures we can get go, get, go and get that win, he said. And that article was by Graham McGarry. From the Glasgow Times, Thursday the 15th of September 2022, in the sports section, Chris Sutton fires cheeky Rangers penalty swipe after Napoli controversy in the Champions League. By Aidan Smith. Chris Sutton fired a cheeky sarcastic swipe at Rangers as the Govan outfit was defeated 3-0 by Napoli in the Champions League last night. James Sands was sent off for conceding a penalty in the second half for a foul on Giovanni Simeone after being booked minutes earlier. Returning goalkeeper Alan McGregor brilliantly saved Piotr Zielinski's first penalty, from which Matteo Politano scored the rebound, and his second attempt after a lengthy VAR check decided the spot kick had to be retaken for encroachment. However, Another Napoli penalty arrived when Rangers left-back Borna Barisic handled in the box and this time Politano found the bottom corner. Giacomo Raspadori added a second with five minutes remaining and fellow substitute Tangai Nundabelli grabbed a third and added time to leave Rangers with no points from the first two Group 8 games. The penalty controversy sparked a cheeky response from Sutton who tweeted Rangers get penalties awarded against them at Ibrox in Europe. Giovanni Van Bronckhurst felt the Sands red card changed the game. He explained, Until the red card we gave Napoli a really tough game. We were organised, good in the game and players were giving everything to get a good result. We created chances to open the scoring and it was a nice battle to see. But of course with the sending off we knew it was going to be difficult. Alan saved the penalty twice which was fantastic. But the first goal we conceded when we changed the way we were playing because we need to attack and you know you're going to get more space. So in the end I think the 3-0 defeat did not reflect the difference in quality. And that article was by Eden Smith. From the Glasgow Times, Thursday the 15th of September 2022, from the sports section, Giovanni Van Bronckhurst assesses Alfredo Morella showing in Rangers defeat to Napoli by Christopher Jack. Giovanni Van Bronckhurst reckons Alfredo Morelos is reaping the rewards of his efforts on and off the park after leading the line against Napoli at Ibrox. The striker made his first start of the season on Wednesday night and showed glimpses that he's moving through the gears 
after a public scolding from his boss earlier this term. Morelos was left out of the playoff victory over PSV Eindhoven as his fitness and mentality were questioned by Van Bronckhurst just days after his red card madness against Hibernian. He was unable to inspire Rangers to a much-needed win over Serie A giants and a 3-0 defeat leaves Van Bronckhurst's side with it all to do if they were to continue in Europe after Christmas. But the Dutchman was encouraged from, by what he saw from his main striker before he was replaced by Antonian Kolak for the closing stages of the Group A clash. Van Bronker said, I said before already that it has been a very positive week for him. Clearly you can see he's working hard. I thought the first start for him would be after a couple of weeks, but he has done well, he was very dangerous, he could have scored in the first minute. We know what he will bring to the team. In the Napoli game we needed him to be the target man and hold the ball up. In the first half he played really well and should have got some free kicks in favour of him with the physical battles he had to take with the defenders. He's clearly on another level to what he was a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago. We still have Antonio who's performing well, especially up front. In the number 9 position I think we have two players who can give me what I want. And that article is by Christopher Jack. From the Glasgow Times, Thursday the 15th of September 2022, from the sports section, Giovanni Van Bronckhurst details Rangers' selection as summer signings miss out on Napoli starting spots. By Christopher Jack Giovanni Van Bronckhurst has defended his Rangers' selection calls after all seven of his summer signings were snubbed for the Champions League defeat to Napoli. The Italians clinched a 3-0 victory on Wednesday night as James Sand saw red and Rangers were left on the end of a harsh defeat after an encouraging performance. But the starting lineup that Van Bronckhurst picked has raised questions over the Ibrox squad as five of his new recruits, minus the injured John Suter and Tom Lawrence, took up a spot on the bench for a must-win group encounter. Five of those that started against the Serie A Giants featured in Steven Gerrard's first European encounter four years ago and criticism of the transfer strategy overseen by Van Bronckhurst and Ross Wilson continues to build this term. Van Bronckhurst said, I always pick the team who I think will win the game. I'm not going to pick 11 players and say, OK, I'll put three new signings in and four who have been here for 10 years. It doesn't work like that. I have my two eyes. I can see how their performances are. I can see how they train. I don't look at the new signings or players who have been here for a longer number of years. I just pick the best 11 for the game. I think the starting 11 played really well. Van Bronckhurst introduced Antonio Kolak Rabbi Montondo and Malik Tillman in the second half as Rangers attempted to salvage something from their second group clash. But there was no action for Ben Davies and he was overlooked when Van Bronckhurst introduced Lee and King in a tactical reshuffle after the dismissal of Sands. Van Bronckhurst said, Ben Davies? Why do I have to talk about Ben Davies? He has been injured, he's just back in training. I put players in who I think will be ready to play. That is why I put Leon in first. He defends really well. He defended really well in the second half against Ajax. That's why I put him on and why Ben didn't start. And that article was by Christopher Jack. From the Glasgow Times, Thursday the 15th of September 2022, from the sports section, Jota and Celtic miss Chancey's frustration as he makes you will suffer at this level claim 
by Eden MacDonald. Celtic attacker Jota has commented on how frustrating it was that he and his teammates did not take all three points against Shakhtar Donetsk. Ange Postelikoglu's side took the lead early in Warsaw thanks to a deflected Rio Hatate goal, but were pegged back by the Ukrainian opponents after a wonderful strike by Mikhail Mudrik. The match ended 1-1 despite the Scottish champions dominating the majority of the game. And, after the 90 minutes was over, when asked if he was happy about the result, the winger did not hide his disappointment. Of course not, he said. As Celtic players, we always aim for victory, and today we really wanted to get the victory. Unlucky we didn't get it, but we have to keep on working, and there's plenty of matches to play. We keep on having some good chances, but we don't finish them, and, at this level, Champions League level, if you don't make it, you suffer for sure. Despite his obvious frustration, the 23-year-old maintained the Parkhead side are on the right track. He continued, but we will learn from this, and there's a belief in this group that we can go to higher places. In football, we know that things can change in a minute, so we'll have to believe in ourselves, keep on working, and that's what we are going to do. And that article was by Aidan MacDonald. From the Glasgow Times, Thursday the 15th of September 2022, from the sports section, Napoli boss Luciano Spalletti hails incredible Rangers atmosphere heat, declaring it felt like being in a toaster. By Aidan Smith. Napoli boss Luciano Spalletti has hailed Rangers fans for creating an incredible atmosphere during their Champions League group stage clash. Ibrox was a seller of home fans, with no visiting supporters allowed inside the stadium due to a police shortage following the Queen's death. Spalletti was taken aback by the noise the Rangers fans created and he described the heat of battle like being in a toaster. Speaking after the game, the Napoli manager said, It was an emotional evening because we were in a historic stadium with an incredible fan base and the road at the start, because it was so tight, because it was so close to the pitch, felt like being in a toaster because of the heat of it. I saw a good team, Rangers played a very good match, the kind of match they had to play. They had a little bit of bad luck at the start with some forays into the box. We had a bit of luck that the ball dropped in front of Alex Merritt on a few occasions. We managed to unravel things because, in terms of play, in terms of using the ball, in terms of keeping the ball moving, my team is is strong. And so, as we expected, little by little we managed to turn the direction of the game. As far as the cards, the penalties... In my opinion, the referee was perfect and exceptional. A referee of enormous personality, and when it comes to the decisions, I think he was correct. And that article is by Aidan Smith. From the Glasgow Times, Thursday the 15th of September 2022, from the sports section, Rangers transfer failings laid bare as Giovanni Van Bronckhorst sticks with old guard for Napoli defeat. Article by Christopher Jack. The more things change, the more they stay the same at Ibrox. As the new faces watched on, this was a night for the old-timers, the tried and trusted, to take centre stage under the Champions League floodlights. Giovanni Van Brunkers insisted before the defeat to Ajax last week that he was content with the work that Rangers had done this summer, that he had faith in a handful of signings made, and the squad that he had at his disposal. After it, He claimed it was unrealistic to expect Rangers to compete at this level without spending hundreds of millions as the Europa League finalists were humbled. 
The messages were mixed in Amsterdam. The same could be said at Ibrox as, seven days on from the Group A opener, Rangers attempted to kickstart a faltering campaign against Napoli. This 3-0 defeat, one that was harsh and unmerited, won't do that. Yet there are positives to take out of a performance that was encouraging, as Rangers found improvement when it was needed most and against the odds. When Rangers were left humiliated at Parkhead a couple of weeks ago, none of the players who were recruited this term were on the pitch after the hour mark. Here, not one of them would make the starting lineup, as Van Bronckers had to revert to those who had done it not, not just for him, but for Rangers over recent seasons. Five of the side that were given the nod, Alan McGregor, James Tavernier, Conor Goldson, Scott Arfield and Alfredo Morelos, have been here since the start of Rangers' recovery in the continent. In July 2018, they helped Stephen Gerrard's side to victory over SK Shukpi in his first competitive match as manager. Ryan Kent arrived a couple of weeks later and made his debut against Osijek and only John Lundstrom signed last summer and January recruit James Sand were not part of the side that Gerard guided to title 55 two seasons ago. On the bench, a contentment of Van Bronckhorst's recruits watched on deemed not suitable of the challenge of overcoming the Serie A leaders on a night that carried huge significance on and off the park. The lineup spoke to the longevity and quality of those that were here in the early days and are still able to be called upon this term. Yet, it is a damning indictment of the transfer strategy and the work of Van Bronckhorst and Ross Wilson, the sporting director. The Dutchman made a passionate case for his signings and his squad in Amsterdam, but his actions ultimately speak louder than his words and this selection and the performance that followed it said it all about just where Rangers are just now. Injury denied Van Bronckhorst the services of John Suter and Tom Lawrence and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. That excuse doesn't apply to Ben Davies, Ridvan Yilmaz, Rabi Matondo or Antonio Kolak, though as Rangers were left with several million pounds worth of signings plus Looney Malik Tillman sitting behind the boss for most of the night. The blame game has resulted in fingers being pointed at several influential figures to Ibrox in the aftermath of defeats to Celtic and Ajax. Before a ball was kicked against Napoli, questions were raised again around the investment in the squad from the boardroom and the competency of those charged with spending what funds were made available. The 90 minutes that followed were justification for Van Bunkhurst's calls. There were moments when Napoli showcased our class, but there was enough in the showing, even in terms of the basics like endeavour and organisation, to keep a fragile crowd onside. When McGregor stepped up with not one, but two wondrous, age-defying penalty saves, Ibrox believed it could be another night to remember, that Rangers could somehow achieve the seemingly impossible once again. As Piotr Zielinski was twice denied from 12 yards, it was proof that form is temporary, but class is permanent, as McGregor added another incredible moment to his personal highlights reel. Minutes later, he was unable to make it a hat-trick. A Matteo Politano effort agonisingly evaded his outstretched arm and 10-man Rangers found themselves behind. Late strikes from Giacomo Raspadori and Tangai Nudumbele skewed the scoreline in Napoli's favour. It was a result that Rangers didn't deserve, but one they have to come to terms with as Van Brunker seeks to end a run of three without a win. Once again, he might have to go with those who have been over the course and distance before 
when the Premiership title race resumes on Saturday. And that article was by Christopher Jack. From the Glasgow Times, Thursday the 15th of September 2022, from the sports section, Simon Jordan slams appalling Celtic fans for F asterisk 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 the crown banner by Aidan Smith. Simon Jordan has slammed Celtic fans for their F expletive deleted the crown display ahead of the Champion League contest against Shakhtar Donetsk. Both set of players wore black armbands, but the off-pitch some, but off the pitch, some visiting fans made their anti-monarchy views known. A banner in the Celtic end stated "F asterisk 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 the crown," while another one said, "Sorry for your loss, Michael Fagan." A reference to the intruder who broke into the Queen's Buckingham Palace bedroom in 1982. Earlier in the match, there was a chant of, "If you hate the royal family, clap your hands." But the Celtic fans quickly had some positive play to get behind as their team took a 10th minute lead before being paid back. Meanwhile, Rangers supporters took part in a passionate rendition of the anthem followed a minute silence at Ibrox that had been permitted by UEFA, who, at the same time, rejected requests for some clubs to play God Save the King. A vast silhouette of the Queen amid the colours of the Union Jack could be seen behind one of the goals before the game kicked off. Jordan slammed the Hoops support in TalkSport this morning as he reacted to both sets of fans. There are different things. First and foremost, Rangers orchestrated a situation where the fans supported the Queen not because they didn't want to do it, but they were facilitated to do what they wanted to do. They were given placards to form the Union Jack and there was a drumroll to signal the national anthem. Celtic had a very different view, an appalling view from some of their fans, quite frankly. To put up signs of the nature they did was appalling, just appalling. If you've got nothing good to say, perhaps say nothing. I know there's times when I say things that perhaps are a little bit strong and full of hyperbole, but I ask questions about this. If you don't like something, don't go it and see it rather than put up ridiculous, insulting and derisory banners about the Queen and who broke into her house and God knows whatever else. But the problem is this. I don't like clubs being sanctioned for the actions of individuals. They're not the thought police. It's unfair in the club. Rangers are going to be held to one account because they facilitated the outcome they wanted with the fans. Celtic fans facilitated nothing. There was just a group of fans who think it's clever to be disrespectful. I suspect they go through their whole lives being disrespectful to most things. If you feel the necessity to put those sort of things up, whatever your persuasion, Whatever your beliefs, I can't relate to you and I don't want to relate to you. I don't think they should be sanctioned by UEFA under the same auspices as Rangers may well be. It'll be interesting to see if UEFA have got the balls to do it because the climate and relationship they have with British clubs is not an insignificant part of the relationships they have and want to have with the league and how it will form and change over the years. It'll be interesting. And that was an article by Aidan Smith. From the Glasgow Times, Thursday the 15th of September 2022, from the sports section, UEFA awaiting official Rangers report before considering action over national anthem decision by Aidan Smith. An official report from a UEFA delegate will decide whether Rangers will be punished for playing the national anthem ahead of the Champions League match against Napoli. 
In defiance of instructions from the governing body, God Save the King was played ahead of the Wednesday night's 3-0 defeat by Napoli to commemorate the death of the Queen. UEFA will now hold back on any action until they have read over a match report from their delegate, who was in attendance at Ibrox. A passionate rendition of the anthem followed a minute silence at Ibrox that had been permitted by UEFA, who at the same time rejected requests from some companies to play God Save the King. A vast silhouette of the Queen amid the colours of the Union Jack could be seen behind one of the goals before the game kicked off. And that article is by Aidan Smith. From the Glasgow Times, Saturday the 17th of September 2022, from the sports section, Callum Davidson satisfied with Ross County Point as he reveals St Johnson injury troubles. By Aidan Smith. Callum Davidson was satisfied with a point against Ross County on Saturday, as the St Johnson boss revealed he had to scramble together a midfield at the last minute of his preparations. Graeme Carey picked up a knee injury in training during the week, while Ryan McGowan and Jimmy Murphy were also struggling, but both managed to pull through to feature. Daniel Phillips was also missing due to international commitments with the Trinidad and Tobago national team. A midfield trio of McGowan, Murphy and Melka Holberg were in from the start for Saints, and Davison was impressed with how his makeshift team coped against a Highland opponent. Reflecting on the 0-0 tussle at McDermott, he said, I thought we were good, and worked it in good areas in the first half. We passed the ball quite well, the game plan worked. Jamie Murphy was struggling with an injury. Ryan McGowan was struggling as well, but managed to train on Friday. I got good minutes out of them, and we have a good spark from the ones who came on. Carey hurt his knee at training during the week. I don't know how long he will be out for. His knee gained swelling overnight. It will be a matter of getting the swelling down and hopefully he will be okay. It was good to get Ryan McGowan in there in midfield though and I thought he adapted really well. Saints have picked up in form and have started to create more in the final thirds in recent weeks. The Perthmen had opportunities through Stevie May and Andy Constantine in the first half but ultimately they failed to break the deadlock. Davidson continued, I think home form has improved. We have tweaked the tactics a little bit and have tried to be a bit more attacking. Home form is the key to, to be a success this season. There have been a lot of positives there, especially in the last two home games. We have other fixtures coming up where we can get points. We'll get everyone fit and healthy and we'll have a strong squad to pick from. Malcolm Mackay was also satisfied to take a point and a clean sheet from County Strip to Perth. He added, It was a hard-fought point and a good clean sheet. In the first half, it was probably a bit of basketball. Both teams were attacking each other, and both hit woodwork. Second half, we came out with intent, and pushed them back, and we had some players who were dominant in the wide areas. I was disappointed with the quality in the final third, because that was going to win it. The final cross, final pass, final strike. And that article was by Aidan Smith. From the Glasgow Times, Saturday the 17th of September 2022, in the sports section. Cove takes shine off Stuart Bannigan's birthday with late equaliser as Thistle go top by James Kearney. Partick Thistle moved to the top of the championship despite shipping two late goals against Cove Rangers at Fairhill. Stevie Lawless opened the scoring with a first half thunderbolt from the edge of the area before Stuart Bannigan left Jim McAnally's side with a mountain to climb, 
be doubling his size advantages not long after the break. However, two late goals from Cove centre-half Mark Reynolds ensured a smashing grab point for their visitors as the home side were undone by two set pieces. With Air United dropping points against Wraith, Lee Bullen's men were defeated 3-2 at Starks Park. The Jags now occupy top spot in the second tier in goal difference, tied with the Honest Men in 14 points after 7 matches. It didn't take long for the Jags to fashion their first opportunity. With barely a minute in the clock, a Brian Graham free flick-on sent Scott Tiffany careering through in goal. The winger's first touch was sublime, delicately dinking the ball beyond the last man as he walks by him, but Covekeeper Kyle Gurley did well to rush out and close down the shot. Thistle maintained the early pressure, attacking with numbers and with intent, while the visitors broke forward on the counter-attack intermittently. A superb through ball in 10 minutes sent Thistle right back Jack McMillan, bursting into the box, having caught out the goal of defence. His low ball across the box was intercepted before it kindly f- fell kindly to the feet of Graham. The centre forward drilled a low shot towards the far corner. Tiffany, from just a few yards out, stuck stuck out a boot but somehow the ball flew over the bar. The opportunities kept f- falling the way of the home side. A clever run from Graham got the better of Cove's offside trap but the striker's first touch was a tad heavy and allowed Gurley to rush off his line and deny him. With 20 minutes on the clock, Thistle got the lead their play deserved. McMillan, working outside the opposition box, squared the ball to Lawless on the edge of the D. The winger took one touch before slamming the ball into the top right corner, giving Gurley little chance of stopping it. Cove were down but they were not out. A succession of corners and free kicks in dangerous areas caused a bit of alarm in the host defence, and McAnally's side carried a real threat at set-pieces. At the other end, Lawless did well to pick out McMillan's overlapping run, but the fullback shot was palmed away by Gurley as the Jags searched for a second. A long ball over the top looked to have caught the Thistle defence out as Mitch Meganson latched onto it and bore down in goal, but Aaron Muirhead recovered superbly with a well-timed slide tackle in his own box to deny the Cove striker. Tiffany would have one last chance before the interval, shifting past Scott Ross with terrific piece of skittle as he advanced into the box from the left, but the angle was too narrow and his shot was easily repelled. Central defender Ross was then taking off at the break having suffered an injury in fairly innocuous looking circumstances. This will maintain their front foot approach upon the restart and were unlucky not to double their lead when Kel Turner's inviting delivery from a free kick fell favourably into the path of Graham only for the centre forward to volley over from close range. Ian McCall's men wouldn't be deterred though, and when the second arrived it could have been, couldn't have been from a more fitting figure. Bannigan, working at the back post, definitely plucked the ball out of the air before tying it in from a narrow angle to make his 30th birthday in style. Given this was a week when a testimonial was announced for the long-serving midfielder, as well as his impending induction into the club's Hall of Fame, Few could begrudge him running the length of the park to celebrate with supporters in the John Lambie stand, who soon burst into an edition of Happy Birthday. With the game approaching full time, McMillan had to be replaced after picking up a knock, with Lee Hodgson coming on to replace him. Graham and Tiffany were also brought off, replaced by Anton Dowds and Eden Fitzpatrick for the final 15 minutes. Fitzpatrick had only been on for a minute when he was a whisker away from scoring a goal of the season contender. Connecting brilliantly with a lofty pass forward, 
The wingers followed from the edge of the area lobbed the keeper, but shaved it outside of the far post. There was still time for Bannigan to receive one last birthday card. With Cove breaking forward, the midfielder bundled over Charlie Bilmore 30 yards from goal, and his efforts were awarded with a booking. The resulting set-piece eventually fell to the feet of Reynolds, who prodded the ball home from a close range in 80 minutes. The defender would have his second of the afternoon a few minutes later. A sheer-looking corner for the visitors wasn't adequately dealt with, and when the ball fell to Reynolds' path, the centre part required no second invitation to slam the ball home. Thistle pushed hard to restore the lead in the remaining few minutes, but the damage was done. Some excellent work from Lawless down the right resulted in a neat cutback to Fitzpatrick, but the substitute has his back to goal, and his back heel never looked like going in. Kevin Holt would head over from close range in the game's dying moments, as McCall's men were forced to settle for a point. And that piece was by James Kearney. From the Glasgow Times, Saturday the 17th of September 2022, from the sports section, Dundee United fans interrupt Rangers' minute silence for the Queen with Lizzie's in a box chance. By David Irvin. Dundee United supporters today interrupted a minute's silence for the Queen ahead of their match against Rangers with vile Lizzie's in a box chance. Rangers had announced plans for a minute's silence before a rendition of the national anthem in honour of the Queen, who passed away last week. However, as the players gathered at the centre circle, booze could be heard from the travelling support, with some supporters supporting the tribute. After Kevin Clancy's whistle to start the minute silence, further booze were heard from some of the travelling support at Ibrox. Chants of Lizzie's in a box were then heard as the rest of Ibrox fell silent to pay their respects. Following the minute silence, Rangers fans showed their fury at the chance as they booed the away supporters as the rendition of the national anthem began. And that report was by David Irvin. From the Glasgow Times, Saturday the 17th of September 2022, from the sports section, Hibs 3, Aberdeen 1, Josh Campbell's brace does the damage as the Edinburgh side climbed to 4th, by Jack Haw. At the very least, the Iberian season ticket holders appear to be getting their money's worth. Add this, a comprehensive win over high-flying Aberdeen, to the late, late Hearts and Rangers shows, and Easter Road Entertainment abounds. Whisper it quietly, but there's also that's also the high bees up to fourth, leapfrogging their battered and bruised guests. Aberdeen had arrived in the capital in fine spirits, but left it licking their wounds courtesy of a Martin Boy penalty and Josh Campbell brace. By the end, Luis Lopez's fourth-minute opener felt a very long time ago for the Dons fans, who had braved it until the end. The result also raises some questions. Are Hibs actually having a good season? Are Aberdeen, who dropped a point below Hibs, not? Is anyone other than Celtic? We'll find out soon enough. There was an air of fire and brimstone to the game's opening half, which began at almost a, rel- a relentless pace, perhaps overly so. In the early exchanges, coming in the aftermath of an audibly booed minutes applause for the Queen, the ball was being booted like a balloon at a kid's birthday party, too often it ended up behind its intended target and in the Easter Road stands. Not that the Hibs players were looking to be, were being allowed to steady themselves. On the rare occasion, Joe Newell, currently a shadow of his former self, took a second to assess his option. His touch was greeted by a chorus of groans. 
Degree of Loud are still four minutes in. Credit has to go to Ross McCrory. Too raw for the Rangers midfield, he appears to have found a happy home in Jim Goodwin's. When Johnny Hayes' quick thinking saw a throw and land at his feet, McCrory showed peace of mind to prod it into Hayes' Colson path. He did the race, motoring beyond his marker and floating across into Leeds Lopez's head. Time seemed to stand still while the ball drifted into David Marshall's goal. The notion Hibbs might play anything less than 2 million miles an hour went out the window. When it doesn't work, it's misplaced passes, balls behind runners and lost possession. There was plenty of that. When it does, it can suffocate teams and threaten to do so as they look for parity. Still, the closest they looked to have come was at, of, to that was a Ryan Portis goal, correctly ruled out for offside, and a tame nil free kick that didn't so much fly into Kairos' arms as crawl. Were it not for Portia's peace of mind, it could so nearly have been two to Aberdeen at the break, but the Scotland International reacted quickly to fight Duck's effort over the bar. It was a good thing too. Aberdeen, who themselves hadn't been particularly impressive since that early salvo, were seconds away from a half-time lead when disaster ensued. Liam Scales, booked but minutes before, filled Porteous in the box, was duly given his marching orders, and had just finally been coerced down the tunnel when Martin Boyle slotted beyond Roos. Goodwin responded to the dismissal by shuffling the pack, moving McCrory to defend, taking off his scorer in place of Dante Polvara, and setting up ostensibly as a 4-4-1 for the second half. The game fell into a predictable pattern, and Hibbs had all the ball. Boyle tried again and to, tried to puncture the red defensive wall. Roos brilliantly denied Josh Campbell, Chris Cadden and Newell, the last of which was a flying double save. Aberdeen couldn't get up the park. Their once vociferous fans nervously watched on. A near half hour of relentless had been an impression eventually told. This time Campbell made no mistake, ghosting in between Anthony Stewart and Jack McKenzie, before arrowing the ball into Roosie's bottom corner. He could have no complaints given the one-way nature of the traffic, but the biblical manner in which the Red Sea parted would have infuriated Goodwin. A third for Hibbs and a second for Campbell, who reacted quickest to McGrory's misplaced error, merely served to add salt to the manager's wounds. Bojan Mavoski's glaring miss did the same. And that report was by Jack Hall. From the Glasgow Times, Saturday the 17th of September 2022, from the sports section, Livingston 1, Kilmarnock 0. Christian Montano strikes again as Lions move into third. By Aidan MacDonald. Livingston surged into third place in the Scottish Premiership with another triumph over Kilmarnock. Christian Montano bags his second goal in as many games to St Kilmarnock and West Lothian. Martindale made two changes from the team that defeated the Hearts a couple of weeks ago. Esmail Congalives and James Penrice dropped out for the Lions and were replaced by Dylan Mohoyo, Baham Bulla and Curtis Guthrie. Derek McInnes also made a raft of personnel changes to his starting eleven as he looked to bounce back from a defeat against Hibernian last time out. The player movement had little effect, though, as he seemed to struggle to create more than a couple of chances. The opening exchanges of the match were equal, with both teams enjoying spells of possession. It was Stefan Omeonga who had the first major chance of the match, when he was played in behind the Kelly defence. However, 
Once he was in the box, he was unable to keep his shot down. It was 24 minutes in that opening game from the home side when informed Montana scored his second consecutive league goal. His powerful header from a corner fired Livingston in front. They continued to dominate the first half and went into the break, deserving of their lead. Into the second half and McKinnon's men looked to try to get a grip in the game after a poor previous 45 minutes. Once again, though, the Lions snuffed out any of their attacks and were defensively sound when required to defend set pieces. The Kelly boss attempted to change his team's fortunes by making a triple substitution with half an hour left to play. Daniel Armstrong, Jerry O'Dorset and Liam Polworth were replaced by Fraser Murray, Jordan Jones and Brad Lyons. It was just not the Ayrshire side's day though, as the Almondville team continued to weather a storm of their pressure. Scott Pittman should have made Lovett's head lead more comfortable after great work from Bahambula led him to slicing the ball across the box to the midfielder, but he put his shot wide just yards from goal. Soon after, the home team could have had another goal when Goncalves missed a ball that was flashed back across the box as well. Despite these late misses, Livingston came out victorious and Kilmarnock slumped to another defeat which leaves them second bottom of the table. And that article is by Aidan MacDonald. From the Glasgow Times, Saturday the 17th of September 2022, from the sports section, Rangers 2, Dundee United 1, Birthday boy Antonio Coa next double to end Ibrox Club's three-game losing run by Matthew Lindsay. Antonio Kolak returned to the Rangers side in the Cinch Premiership game against Dundee United at Ibrox today and celebrated his 29th birthday with a double that ended his side's disappointing three-match losing run. Kolak, who was replaced with Alfredo Morelos in the Champions League match against Napoli and Govan on Wednesday, opened the scoring in the 8th minute after being supplied by James Tavernier. It was the first goal that Gino Van Bronckhurst side, who have conceded 11 times in consecutive defeats to Celtic, Ajax and Napoli in the past fortnight, had registered in over 270 minutes of football. The Croatian internationalist added a second 4 minutes into the second half, when he got in the end of a cross from his countryman Borna Barisic, and volleyed beyond Carl-John Eriksson from a tight angle. The three-times capped striker, a 1.8 million signing from PEOK in Greece back in July, has now been on target nine times in the 13 appearances he has made in the 2022-23 campaign. Rangers had to work to secure all three points against rivals who have not won in the top flight this season and in bottom place in the table and are without a permanent manager. Caretaker Liam Fox replaced Glenn Middleton, was sat at Ada at the start of the second half, and the substitute was involved in the build-up to the goal that right-back Liam Smith scored in the 59th minute. Rangers held on to move to within two points of Leiter Celtic, who placed St Mirren in Paisley tomorrow, Sunday, and avoid suffering four straight league defeats for the first time since 1985. But there remains much work for Van Brunkers to do, before the Scottish Cup winners travel to Edinburgh to take on third place Hearts at Tynecastle in two weeks. The Dutchman, possibly with half an eye in the match against Liverpool at Anfield next month, which Jamie Sands, who was sent off against Napoli in midweek, is suspended for, named Leon King at centre half. The teenager was joined in the starting lineup by his contemporary Charlie McCann, 
The youngster slotted into the midfield alongside Ryan Jack and John Lundstrom. It was good to see two of Scotland's most promising players getting starts in the Europa League finalists. It is to be hoped they continue to feature at home and abroad in the months ahead. But the absences of Glenn Kamara and Rabi Matondo from the Rangers matchday squad raises eyebrows more than the Jews' inclusion. Matondo, the young Welsh winger who joined from Schalke 04 Germany in July, looked fantastic pre-season. But his last league start came in the 2-2 draw with Hibernian at Easter Road a month ago. Online rumours that he has been disciplined and dropped were rebutted by his employers. Van Bunker stated yesterday that he had the same squad available to him as he had for the Napoli match. Kamara came on in the second half of that outing, but no explanation was forthcoming about why the Finnish midfielder was missing. Rangers started the game at a high tempo and applied sustained pressure to their opponent's defence without seriously testing keeper Carlo Hany Eriksson. They broke the deadlock in the counter-attack after Tavernier pinched the ball off of Ian Harks in his own half. The right-back le- ran the length of the park before squaring to Kolak. His teammate controlled the pass with his left foot before rifling a right foot shot into the bottom corner. Some of the travelling supporters had booed and chanted during the minute silence that was held before kick-off to honour the Queen, which referee Kevin Clancy sensibly cut short, and the striker ran over to him with his fingers to his lips as he celebrated. It was the best possible start for a side struggling for form and confidence, they were unable, though, to build on their lead. A Scott Arfield attempt whistled just past the right post and Kolak got a glancing header on target. But there was still a definite spark missing in their play. Alan McGregor, who took over from the injured John McLaughlin against Liverpool and saved two penalties, was far busier than his opposite number. He denied Aziz Behic after the left-back had been teed up by Jamie McGrath, blocked again Middleton effort after the winger had got the better of King, and held a Hark's header. Whatever Van Brunker said to his charges at the dressing room at half-time had the desired impact. They were much improved when play resumed, and Kolak found the net once again with a fine finish from a Barisic cross in the 49th minute. But Rangers switched off and allowed Smith to give United a lifeline. Scott Wright took over from Arfield, and Jack made way for Malik Tillman. Wright tested Eriksson with 15 minutes remaining, and Tillman forced the keeper to palm his header over the crossbar with 8 minutes to go. The tension around the ground was palpable and tempers flared when King brought down McGrath as the midfielder burst upfield. Both sets of players squared up to each other and Clancy booted Barisic and Charlie McGrew. A single goal separated them when the match official blew the final whistle. And that report was by Matthew Lindsay. Evening Times Sport September 19. Robert McIntyre wins playoff in Italian Open. Scotland's Robert McIntyre defeated United States Open champion Matt Fitzpatrick in a playoff to win his second DP World Tour title in the DS Automobiles Italian Open. McIntyre birdied the first extra hole at Marco Simeon Golf and Country Club, the venue for next year's Ryder Cup, after he and Fitzpatrick had finished tied on 14 under par, a shot ahead of Francis Victor Perez. Pre-tournament favourite Rory McIlroy 
who was within a shot of the lead until hitting his tee shot on the 16th into the water, finished fourth on 12 under. McIntyre told Sky Sports, This means everything. I was down and out two or three months ago. I didn't know what I was doing, didn't know where to go. But we spoke to the right people, started working with coach Simon Shanks, and I've had two of the perfect golf shots into the last. There's so much hard work gone into this. I hit a terrible shot on 15, which I thought was backs against the wall, but we dug in. I've got a dogged attitude, never give up. I get punched, but I punch back. The birdies coming in were massive, and thankfully, I got one there in the playoff. Speaking about next year's Ryder Cup after winning the second qualifying event, the left-hander added, It's my main goal. It's my only goal for the next year. I've done it on the golf course. We are well away from the Ryder Cup, obviously but it's my number one priority. I think I've made a good start. I was close last time, and I went to try to get my PGA Tour card, but it didn't work out. At the start of the week, I didn't think this week was going to be the one with the style of golf course, the way it was playing, but we worked on a few things on Tuesday and Wednesday, and I felt so in control of my golf ball this week. McIntyre began the final round three shots off Fitzpatrick's lead, but stormed to the top of the leaderboard with six birdies in a front nine of 29. A bogey on the 10th briefly halted McIntyre's charge, but he birdied the 12th and 13th, and at that point was three clear of Fitzpatrick, who had followed 10 straight pars with a birdie on the 11th. However, Fitzpatrick then came agonisingly close to an albatross on the par 5 12th, as his approach from 212 yards hit the centre of the pin and left him just three feet for eagle, while McIntyre was dropping a shot on the 14th. McIntyre also bogeyed the 15th but birdied the 16th and 18th to set the clubhouse target with Fitzpatrick also making a birdie on the final hole to force the playoff after dropping a shot on the 17th. A perfect drive on the first extra hole set McIntyre up for a relatively straightforward birdie, but Fitzpatrick appeared to be put off by cameras clicking during his swing and was unable to recover after pulling his tee shot into the rough. McElroy, who began the round a shot off the lead, battled back from a double bogey on the first and was one off the lead after his fifth birthday of the day on the 15th, only to push his tee shot on the next into the water. Evening Times Sport, September 19. Napoli fans who were banned from Rangers Champions League trip get flight costs refunded. Report by Mark Walker Napoli fans who were banned from their Champions League game at Rangers by UEFA will get their flight costs refunded after the intervention of Italy's Foreign Minister. Rangers fans will be prevented from attending the group stages match in Italy next month 
because of sporting integrity after UEFA prevented 660 Napoli fans from going to Ibrox for last week's game, which was rescheduled due to policing issues arising from the death of the Queen. At least a couple of thousand Rangers supporters would have been expected to travel for the match and most would have already booked flights and hotels. And they will be interested to learn that their Italian counterparts have not only had their tickets refunded by Napoli, but their flight tickets to Glasgow will be refunded by EasyJet. Italian government minister Luigi Di Meo wrote to both EasyJet and Ryanair, pleading with the airlines to refund the Napoli fans who were travelling to Scotland, and his intervention has worked. EasyJet's Italian operations base responded by stating, all passengers who were unable to travel due to changes to scheduled events in the UK were given the opportunity to contact our customer service to discuss any options, which will be assessed on a case-by-case -case basis. Rangers will play at Napoli on October 26 in the Pounalpodemit game in the group. Report by Mark Walker. Evening Times Sport, September 19. St Mirren players wanted to die for one another, says Boss Robinson. Report by Graeme McGarry. Stephen Robinson has praised his St Mirren players for wanting to die for one another in their win over Celtic, saying that the victory was built on the lack of egos in his dressing room. Robinson got his first ever win over Celtic as a manager, and St Mirren recorded their first victory over them in Paisley since the 4-0 triumph in 2010 that ended the managerial reign of Tony Mowbray. And after the game, a jubilant Robertson could not hide his admiration for his players' efforts. Said Robinson, the players deserve all the credit. You can do plenty of things in training, but they have to be the ones to implement that. And they did it for 96 minutes with the intensity and concentration they put in. In a moment or a split second, Celtic can change the game. We never gave them an opportunity. We did not give their creative players any room to play. And I thought we were fantastic on the break. Potentially it could even have been more. Against St Johnson it was the same thing, but we made individual errors. Today we did not, and previously we haven't. Our base is built on being very, very hard to beat and break down. You need people to buy into that. You need no egos. You need boys to run and die for each other. It tells you how good a squad I've got in terms of attitude. When the boys who are not playing, you watch the intensity they're at and it helps push everything on. We are level-headed and we won't get too carried away. Robinson has now challenged his men to consistently perform as they did to defeat the champions. And he said, we'll certainly be trying to do that. We've got the right personnel. We've got the right attitude in the football club 
and no egos. When they do get too big for their boots, we slap them right down again. This is a system, and everybody fits into it. In reality, it doesn't matter who goes into it. We play a certain way, we try and pass when we land on it, and we hit teams with our pace and energy. So yes, you hope they can build on that. As normally happens after either side of the old firm taste defeat, the focus tends to be on the fallout from their point of view as they rake over the coals of what went wrong. But Robinson was not concerned about the achievement of his team being overlooked in the coming days. He said, I'm not too bothered about getting the credit, to be honest. I know how good a performance it was, and in that dressing room there's been a lot of credit given to the players. But it's one performance and one result. When you start thinking you're a good team, that's when football has a way of giving you your comeuppance. We have beaten a lot of teams, and it's been Hibs weren't very good on the day, Dundee United weren't very good on the day, Ross County, etc. We're just quietly going under the radar, and we're happy with that. There's no egos in the club and none in the dressing room. We'll give them a few days off, let them reset their batteries and enjoy today. Football doesn't give you too many good moments when you're managing clubs like ourselves, the smaller clubs. So we enjoy today. Then there will be full concentration again for the next game. Report by Graeme McGarry. And that was this week's Glasgow Times Sport podcast, normally recorded in our studio at the Bishop Briggs Media Centre currently recorded from our volunteers' homes with the publisher's kind permission. Thanks for listening.